Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, this is H.B. Charles Jr. of the Shiloh Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Why aren't you listening to The Bar? Make sure you download and don't miss an episode. All the best. Yo, welcome to The Bar. Come on and pull up a seat. And open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers Biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy, Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, it's another Tuesday, your favorite podcast in your ear, and we're excited to be here. I am uh, joined by my co-host, my big homie, right up the street, Mr. Rio. How are you tonight, sir? Talk about it, Sam. Back at it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So excited. Uh, you know, we we had to hurry up and hit the record button because this guy, uh, you know, he's funny. Uh, on his podcast, we love what he do, and I had to have him on because he fit right in with the Be Not Deceive and the Bar Team, and and I I love his spirit already. We have Mister Knox. What's up, brother? How are you? Oh, I'm saying sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that with a burning fire. How you doing, brother? <laughs> See, I told y'all he won't go that right. I told y'all. I told y'all. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. There's no, there's no guidelines. There's no perimeters. I feel like this is almost an atheist podcast. I can do whatever oh, I want to do. Wait a yeah. minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> We, we we got we got the Lord now, sir. We got the Lord, so oh. we oh, okay. <laughs> bring right. it bring it in, bring it in. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. guess there's no swearing in. Well, no, no, not not yet, man, because oh. uh, you know okay. I don't have I don't have the E on my on my podcast, and I don't want iTunes to jack me. So you know we'll oh, look, okay. it, if you do, I'll go back and bleep it out. So we'll we'll fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Presbyterians kind of have a loose tongue, so you gotta yeah. watch out for us. Oh yeah, yeah, much love. Oh, that's that's dope. All right, so to jump jump off, let me start off by letting you introduce yourself. Uh, tell a little about yourself, whatever personal, whatever, and and everything you got going on, and then we'll we'll start flowing, man. Oh wow, man, that's you know I don't even, I don't think I ever wrote myself a bio. I guess I get to try now, don't I? Yes, sir. Uh, let me see, uh, man. Um, I, I don't even know where to start at. 
Uh, What's your name? Name is David. <laughs> David Shannon. Uh, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm uh, arrested by the police. I got to give him all my information real quick. Uh, <laughs> I just want to give you a license or something and say you read it. Stop, um, man. Go ahead, no, no, bro. <laughs> name is David Shannon. Uh, I I became a reformed uh, through the charismatic word of faith, um, non-denominational church, and my heart is. I have such a passion for that that area for the black church if you can call it that um just for just for speaking purposes but and uh i fell in love with john knox and i said man you know i love his phrase that he had that give me give me the scotland or i die and that's kind of been my passion since i've become reformed it's kind of like lord give me the black church or i die mm. and so uh created an alternative name called the chocolate knox from that um desire so every time that I hear Chocolate Knox, all I'm thinking about for me is just the heart that John mm-hmm. Knox has for his kinsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where Chocolate Knox comes from. I have six kids, a lovely wife. Um, I live in Moscow, Idaho. Um, I used to work for Way of the Master and uh, the Way of the Master Radio with Todd Friel. And then um, I, that became Wretched TV and Wretched Radio. We moved to Georgia from Minneapolis. Mm. And I worked with them for five, six years, I think. Um, and Todd was the reason, part of the reason that I became reformed. I mm-hmm. uh, heard a sermon from him. Actually, it wasn't even a sermon. Just I loved listening to his radio show. It was just like, it was like crack, you know? Yeah. It was like, man, you know, it was just, a, and this is, this is talk to walk. This is, I don't think many people know him from that time. Right. Most people know him either from Way of the Master or from Wretched, but I knew Todd from Talk to Walk when he was just a local talk show host and I mean, he was a different Todd. That was a different guy. And I fell in love mm. with his doctrine at that time. And I heard him say uh, one time, if you go to a church where your pastor is a woman, run, you are in error. And it lit my heart on fire. Um, and wow. I began to just say, I have to get out of this church. And I left. Wow. And I, I, call, I called the show. And Todd wasn't hosting the next day. I called the show. But his pastor, by the providence of God, his pastor happened to be hosting that show. And I said, what church is this and how can I go there? Because I'm leaving the church I'm in. I need to go to a Reformed church. And I, I called in. He said, we would love to have you. Um, and I came there, and I remember the first time rolling up to the church, I remember it being so white. And I remember my wife and I saying, <laughs> uh, <or> actually, <laughs> at the time, she wasn't my wife, it was my uh, fiance. And I said, well, let's go meet the natives. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and let me tell you something, man. We walked in that church, and those people became family to us. And so, mm-hmm. uh, because of leaving, I mean, I don't know. My wife's um, grandmother was the pastor of the church we were at at the time, and so wow. us leaving caused a rift in the relationship, and we pretty much lost our family in in a lot of that. And God gave us a new family in that church, and so. Um, that's wow. kind of, and so from then, uh, I, I found Todd and said, Hey man, I've been listening to your show. I got here because of you. And I told him what I was doing at the time I was in construction. I had recorded music and did other things. And we started talking and his business partner, Joel Anderson, um, mm-hmm. we became kind of close too. And they said, Hey, you know, we need somebody to come and do some audio engineering and producing for us. Like, would you be interested in something like that. I was like, are you kidding me? That's a dream job. Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, I started working for them under the way of the master radio. And wow. the rest is history, you know? And so 
Uh, I actually, actually, it's interesting because I blame Todd Friel for the reason I'm Presbyterian. So. Uh oh. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh oh. We gotta break that down, fam. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Yeah. We need to. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Let, let's 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 address that one. I know. I don't know how much you listen to Ty, but if you listen to Ty, you'll be uh, Westminster Confession of Faith. So, mm. <laughs> um, Ty did a did a sermon on the Scarlet Thread, and he made a product out of it. And then he did another program, actually before that, uh, with his wife called. Uh, it was basically how the covenant applies from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And he did such an amazing job of drawing the, the connecting pieces from Old Covenant to New Covenant. And I don't think he was trying to do this, but he did it anyway. He made them connect so much that he removed the distinction between the two that will keep me Baptist. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um, and, wow. and he did such a great – and he did – I mean, I'm telling you, it's probably some of his best work. He goes from every covenant relationship made from the Old Testament to the New Testament from – this changing of names from Abram to Abraham, and then our name mm-hmm. changes being found in Christ. The fact that we take off uh, that, I can't remember who it was in the Old Testament, they would take off their cloak and give them their cloak. It was David and Jonathan when they made covenant. Yep. The same thing happens to us in Christ. Christ gives us his righteousness, and we exchange mm-hmm. there. So he just made such a wonderful connection with all that, that um, and the preaching of that, just the exegetical work was amazing, and I was just I was like, oh my goodness, like this is he's this is Presbyterianism. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so but that that's, mm-hmm. that was actually how that was one of the ways that I mean, honestly, I, I I credit Todd with a lot of my theology um for where I'm at now, even though that we hold different positions. He, he's actually a huge support in getting me where I'm at. So Nice. Wow. That that is interesting, man. That is an interesting testimony as well, because uh, we actually had Todd on the show. Um, I met Todd. He came to Greenville um, when uh, oh, Stephen yeah. Lawson was Are you in, in Greenville? Town. Yeah, man. Me and Chitar, you're in Greenville, baby. What? Okay, so I went yeah, to man. seminary at um, Greenville Presbyterian. Oh, really? Oh, that's okay. seminary. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah, okay, that... yeah. That, it's a small town. It's down the road from everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's real. Stop hating. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm in Moscow. I can't. I can't complain at all and talk about anybody's small town. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's Moscow, Idaho. Up. It's tiny. Wow, Moscow, Idaho. So, uh, let's let's continue that. Let's continue this journey, man. Um, like, how did you get in Moscow? And what you doing out that way? And 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 all of that good stuff. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that I um. I loved about Wretched um, when I was working there was just, um, you know, their, their worldview um, and how they think about the gospel uh, was beginning to make a huge impact on me. And I remember that when we were moving from InTouch Ministries, which used to own family, that we were at that at InTouch with their office, and we were making the move to figure out how we were going to do our new show called Wretched where we were going to be managing it and shooting it and producing the whole nine. Cause at the time in touch was producing most of the show. And gotcha. so, um, we, we, you know, Kirk Cameron, we were good friends with him and we, he was doing this interview with, with Darren Doan. And mm. I remember, um, it was unique the interview. You can go look it up right now. If you look up Darren Doan, Kirk Cameron interview, it was at the time, this is, oh man, seven, ten. Ten, nine years ago, I think. Um, 
this interview was so unique. It was so rugged and gritty. And this is the first time, and I told Kirk this, this is the first time I saw you gritty and not kind of like the, you know, the, mm-hmm. um, like uh, the mom sitcom. kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. Like sitcom, exactly. You know, the 80s sitcom. The first time I saw him where he had some grit to him, like, you know, Kirk might punch you in the mm-hmm. mouth, you know? You know, you, you just don't know. He might just hit <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> in Jesus' name, of course, in Jesus' name. Um, right, right, of course. Of course. And, and so, and, and I told him that, and I, was, and I remember looking at that because we were saying, hey, how can we pattern our show after this? Because as easy as it looked to do, um, it still has some sort of grit and, and uh, mm-hmm, appeal mm-hmm. to the eye and artistically done. And so, Wretched, we kind of modeled our, our, our setup somewhat off of that. Um, and so, mm. I remember saying, after I saw that, the same guy... I watched Collision with uh, Doug Wilson and Christopher Hitchens mm-hmm. because of the Darren Doan was the same director who did it. And I remember saying, you know what? Like, I want to make movies like this. Like, mm-hmm. I want to I do, do this. There's something, dude, it, it was like I knew right then I, what I wanted to do. And um, at the time, I, I was just like, you know what? I got to figure out how to do this. So I, I took some of my vacation time and went out to California and I actually called Darren. I said, Hey man, I said, hit him up on Twitter. I said, Hey, I don't know if you would let me come there and visit you for a while, but I'd love to come and, you know, learn what you're doing and maybe send me through a boot camp." And, mm-hmm. um, I spent 12 days with Darren. And after that, my life changed. Uh, wow. I, I knew right away that I wanted to make movies and make films and I wanted to be in that field. And uh, I, I went ahead and Darren gave me a job. He gave me a chance to come and um, craft my skills and develop my filmmaking ability. And we shot Saving Christmas. We shot a whole bunch of music videos and shot um, some, some documentaries with him as well. So he's kind of been like, you know. And so when I went to California to work with Darren, the night that I get there, because I was only going to go there for like six months just to kind of really go. I considered it like a form of college, you know for mm-hmm, me because mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't been to college yet. So, uh, and I was like, you know, I'm going to just consider this a form of college. And I get there and he says, Hey man, um, so I'm moving to Moscow, Idaho. And if you want to come, you can, <laughs> but, well, <laughs> my van's loaded up. I don't have anything else to do. So sure, I'll talk you out wow. to Moscow. So we, so we shot saving Christmas and we headed out to Moscow, Idaho. And when I got here, um, it blew my mind. Moscow, Idaho just blew my mind. The community, the culture, the Christian culture that's here, um, just the, the, the solid brothers and sisters, um, the environment that's been produced from over three generations of just working hard to, to expand the gospel. It, um, it's a fascinating town, um, and I'm surprised I didn't even know what was going on here. So that's kind of, in a, mm. in a nutshell, it's pretty much you know, my story. That's wow. dope. That's awesome, man. So, like, how did you get um, connected with Pastor Wilson? Yeah, so, um, well, that was through Darren. Um, so we started, uh, when we got up here, it's really interesting. Um, I got, the night we got here, the first person to greet us was Nate Wilson. I don't know if you guys, you guys know Doug's son. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, by the way, Nate's about to go into surgery. I don't know if you saw that um, or have been paying attention at all anything with him, but he has some of a tumor over the top of his ear that it looks like that 
he's going to lose his hearing. That's the best case scenario mm-hmm. that he loses his hearing and a bunch of other things that happen if, uh, for the worst case. But just keep him in prayer right now if you guys could, too. Everybody pray for Nate. Um, you got to give him successful surgery to get this tumor. But um, Nate and his wife greeted us the first night in Moscow. And our first week, we were over their house for dinner. Um, they have a Sabbath dinner, an amazing event. It happens where they had <laughs> pretty much any the uh, few guests from t- who who they can have a few guest families, and then uh, the family comes over and you get to meet all the grandkids and the kids and grandpa, and it's just a beautiful time. So um, hmm. you know, I actually hooking up with Doug would have been just as easy if anybody would have came into town and said, "Hey, um, so and so is in town," and they say, "Oh, well, let's have them over for dinner." I mean, <laughs> it's really that wow, chill. That's awesome. Um, the whole environment is, is really like that, you know. It's um, they got a lot of solid brothers here, but it's really laid back. It's real chill, and everybody just kind of knows everybody hangs out with everybody. So, cool, man. So let's talk about the podcast, uh, because um, yeah. that's what I I discovered and and fell in love with, and uh, and let, let's talk about that. You know, I guess how. It came about and 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 actually you know <laughs> and introduced to my my people uh you know what it is and all of that this is this is the time for the the the, the guilty plug go for it <laughs> so cross politic um I can't take any credit for it because it was something that I was running away from. I had done <laughs> wretched radio <laughs> I did wretched radio and i um am in completely if it, if you ask me who is one of the top radio hosts in Christendom, I'm going to point you to Todd Frio. I think there's exactly. two people who are better, who are sharper, and um, who are able to manipulate the conversation, even when they're probably not the smartest person in the room. I just think if you want to learn how to do a good radio podcast, you listen to Todd Frio, um, mm-hmm. and that there goes your there goes your tutor, you know. So like I've, I've produced for him, I worked with him and labor with him, and so there's no way I'm going to go ahead and try and make a podcast, you know. It's not going <laughs> to happen. And uh, some buddies of mine, Gabe Rich and uh, Pastor Toby Sumter. Uh, decided to, you know, Gabe came to me before Pastor Toby was on and said, hey, I want to do this podcast. And before he could get that sentence out of his mouth, I said, that, 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 Look, I'll tell you if it's good or not, but you can forget having me on it. And, you know, and so he said, okay, cool. Uh, but just uh, if you could help with the technical part, that would be great. So him and Pastor Toby get together. They decide they're going to do this podcast. And they call a meeting to have me come in and see if I can help them with the technical aspects of what do they need to make it happen and, you know, what to make a good podcast. And I, I said, sure, I'll come in for an hour and talk with you guys. And we mm-hmm. have such a great fellowship that I began to realize real quick that this wasn't their, this wasn't their, their plan. Like, they, they weren't calling <laughs> me in there. Set up. <laughs> this, I've been set up. You know, it's kind of like, you know what? These jokers got me. You know, <laughs> got him. And so, <laughs> got him. I'm trying. They they did, man. I tried to get out of it, and um, I said, you know what, guys, this is pretty great. I'll talk to you guys later. And Pastor Toby just put the pastor guilt on me, man. He's like, so, uh, mm. he's like, uh, brother, you know, I just feel like that you just need to be doing this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit you with it. Hit you with it. <laughs> hey, he could have said, "God told me so." You you were blessed when he didn't. <laughs> You know, he might as well have, you know, it, it, when you got a pastor telling you something, you always like, okay, this must be from the Lord. You know, if you got a little charismatic in you still, which I do, you always yeah. want to have that, 
okay, is this the Lord? You know, <laughs> you're always a little nervous to be like, shut up, don't talk to me. You know, you don't want to do that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he, he kind of just, they just kept talking. I said, guys, look, if we can sit down and have conversations like the one we just had, I have no problem doing this. You know, I just, the only problem is that I can't let it take up too much of my time because I still have my family and provisions that I have to make for it. But, it, you know, cross-politic has just been growing to the point where um, it's requiring that I give it more time, you know. And so mm. uh, God's just been blessing it, and it's just, it's just been growing. So basically you have Gabe Rich, who is a deacon at, at Christ Church, and Pastor, Tob- um, Pastor Toby Sumter, who is a senior pastor at um, Trinity Reformed. And so mm-hmm. Pastor Toby is probably, I mean, I, I don't even need to be sitting next to that dude. He's he's a, he's amazing. Um, at, at just, yeah, I like him. His biblical, yeah, man. His biblical insights are are fantastic. And and I mean, if you haven't read his article on pink hair and the follow up to it, uh, you need to read that article because it is just I, I, by the time the first article. If you read the first article on pink hair, if you're a father and you're a man who loves your wife and your daughter, you're probably going to be a little teary-eyed halfway through when he starts laying that gospel on. Um, mm. and so I just, wow. I just really love Pastor Toby. And, and, uh, and my brother Gabe, man, he, is, he works so hard at making sure we have great guests. And he's just um, – his political insights are just as good as Pastor Toby's. He, he kind of knows the political system a lot better than I do. And so he's, mm-hmm. that's just his game, you know, and he's excellent at it. And so I just, I'm, I'm grateful to be beside those brothers and warm with those brothers in this process. So, yeah, cross-politic was something that I cannot take any credit for, but I'm happy that it, right. it happened. So that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, shout-out to both of them, man. I actually talked to Gabe in the inbox a couple of times. Real, real cool cat, man. Um, yeah, I love yeah. I love what you guys are doing, man. You know, and, Thanks, and here at the bar, man, I, I really uh, I like to glean from you guys, man, and um, and, and anybody, man. And, and, you know, that's why I was so quick to – when I found you, like, I got to get you on the show, man, because I just love y'all flow, man. You bring a nice balance. You bring some – some uh, some some uh, I guess I could say soul or some, you know, some <laughs> – yeah so some charismatic juice you know with, with that you bring the ham in and all of that and and uh shatari tried to break the ham in on here i was like nah we can't do all that man can't can't can't, can't go that far stop it man stop uh, it stop it don't play now boy i'm, I'm with you don't don't get oh excited. man yeah, because, you know, uh, me and Shataria, we both have the same kind of background coming out of charismatic and, um, and, 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 yeah. and you know, becoming reformed and, and all of that. Um, so w- let's talk about that a little bit. And you talk about the, the family aspect. Um, was the disconnect because of the the you know, you leaving or was it, you know, because some people when they become charismatic, I mean, not charismatic, when they become uh, reformed, they hit that K stage and it's just like. They yeah. unbearable to be around, you know. Uh, yeah, was yeah. was it that, or was it just the disconnect? How how was that that I guess that that relationship, and you know, and how I guess not if you don't mind, how how is it now? Uh, the relationship, you know, thing about families is you can't get rid of us, so you don't right. have to deal with us. So it, th- those things are heal and mend faster than friendship because you know what, when you got somebody's blood running through you. There's just so much you can, there's only so much you can do to get rid of us before we all back together again, you know? Um, mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. there's always caveats and there's always these areas that you try and avoid because you don't want to rehash 
<laughs> that wound, right? right? But the problem is, is mm-hmm. that that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, um, let me just talk about kind of like how we actually became reformed because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I always say is that there is no way that I would have jumped from where I was then to the, the theological position that I am now. And I think right. one of the things that Presbyterians are horrible at, um, and this is me talking about them, so you have, y'all just give me a second, is that they don't ever, and I think not just Presbyterians, but Reformed people, period, they're, they're, um, especially your higher-end Reformed guys, you know, that, um, mm-hmm. your theologians, I, I think what they do that's horrible is they don't ever make a bridge for someone to jump from a completely right. charismatic background, black church background, or, or for that for that any charismatic background, and, all, and go from that all the way to a reform position where um, you know it makes sense to us, or we can grasp it, or that we can get in. They don't mm-hmm. ever make a bridge. Mm-hmm. So here, let me right, tell you, right, I came right. from the charismatic background to a Christian Missionary Alliance church, to a semi-reformed mm-hmm. church, to a reformed Baptist church to a Presbyterian church, and then now the CREC. I could have never made that jump because none of the higher-end reform um, do, uh, denominations or brothers really make that jump easy for someone who is mm-hmm. very immature, right? And I was, I was very immature. Um, and so it, it took other people who were just a little bit more mature than me to make me jump over to their side, right? And then a little bit more mm-hmm. to jump over to that side. And so I think... Um, we need to do a better job in the reform world of having some compassion for people whose knowledge and understanding and doctrine are on ours. Because we take our knowledge and it, it puffs us up, and then we exclude real quick when you don't agree with us. And I don't Man, think that's the right way right to now. do Come it. <laughs> so uh, when I was in the charismatic church, the thing that that made me jump was that I loved Jesus. I loved the Lord. I was actively seeking him with all my heart, mm-hmm. in a church that was not a good church, by, that was a pastor by a woman, where I'm preaching, right? I'm a minister there mm-hmm. at the church, and I'm probably like 16 mm-hmm. years old. <laughs> but I, right. my love for the Lord was, was solid. I loved the Lord, but I was ignorant. And the thing that I began to search for was, like, I need knowledge. Lord, I need to know how to use your word properly. I need to know how to minister to your people properly. And so I started running across this thing called apologetics. And apologetic, um, this is why I think some of the James White stuff that went on, uh, you guys know that whole ordeal with James White and um, kind of black people and the whole kind of racist comment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In our comment. I don't don't think, so James White happened to have found me right at that point where I'm dealing with Islam, I'm dealing with atheism, Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with all kinds of things. And the person that crept into my circle as a charismatic, black charismatic church was James White, right? Like his, his aomen.org, right? And so here it is. I'm right. like, oh, that and CARM became my diet. And so mm-hmm. I began to just feast off of these guys. And um, they fed me biblically for so long um, that the other stuff started seeping in, you know? Mm. What is, mm-hmm. I never wanted, when, I, when I'm going through CARM's list and they start talking about what is reformed, I just skipped over that link, right? right I didn't right. even know. Reform what? Reform, I don't want to reform anything. I just want to be a Christian. 
You know? <laughs> 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 like that, that, that didn't make any sense to me. That reform hadn't even entered into my category yet, you know? Um, right. And so I, I just wanted the arguments. I wanted to figure out how to use this weapon of the Bible that I had because I wasn't fit in my circle. I wasn't, I realized that it was good enough for church, but it wasn't good enough to go use in the world. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm, good enough mm -hmm. to actually be activated in the world. And it actually felt like I had real answers, you know? Right. Um, and so that's what I was seeking the Lord for. Like, give me real answers so that I can go to talk to someone who's not a Christian. And all of a sudden my arguments don't feel like they're just for me and my circle. You know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and so that makes sense. Um, those guys creeped over to my world and it was through apologetics that my thinking about God's word be begin take um, formation and mm -hmm. taught me how to exegete scripture and how to look at scripture to be able to complete an argument. Because in the charismatic world, being able to argue isn't really uh, a nope. debate. It, it doesn't exist. Not really. Mm -mm. You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? God said, that's it. And that's the conversation's over. Or I just had a dream. Yep. And now we spend yep. the rest of our time trying to figure out how all these come together, you know? Uh, yep. So, yep. but I wanted to be able to be articulate about the gospel, articulate about my faith, and be able to give a, a reason to someone who asked. And I saw the scripture just kind of pop out to me like that. And so, how do I do that? And so, I just figured that these guys just needed more spirit, but I'll go ahead and take their letter. And I'll give it life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. And so that's that's so. so good. I be, yeah. So that's how I, that apologetics is how I became reformed. Ultimately. Mm, good deal. Good deal, man. Yeah, you said a lot of good, good wow. stuff, and and Rio got to he gonna come back in, but I had to jump jump the gun on this, man. Uh, first, talking about the jump, uh, I think about whenever I was kind of in the same place, man. Um. And and I heard Strange Fire and it was like, oh, this is garbage. They don't they don't know nothing. And then I think about years past after I'm reforming out here and I'm like, oh, OK. You know what I mean? It's like it's a it, because the gap is so wide. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it's yeah. such a such a wide gap. Like there, like I needed something to get me to be able to understand, OK, this yeah. ain't right. That ain't right. You know? And so yeah. that, that is profound brother. And you know, uh, that's, that's our heart man here, uh, is, is you know, to, to Love make it. that connection and, and rescue people out of that. Um, and, and cause you know, we're not far removed from the charismatic movement, man. So we still have that's a right. lot of, you know, people around us and, and followers and, and, uh, and so, uh, understanding it's, that, that there apostle, is a guy, right? Uh, see, they, this guy right here. <laughs> oh my God! This oh, you didn't, you, didn't think, you didn't think I was listening? Huh? Oh, you didn't think I was paying attention, did you? Ah, uh, <laughs> this what dirty <laughs> laundry? What in the world? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, well, look, look. People still, people still call me that. I, 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 I correct them, but help, help them, Lord. But anyway. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's okay, Bishop. It's okay. Yeah, see? See, now you got him started. See, y'all ain't no good, man. That man a third-level bishop, man. What y'all talking about? <laughs> y'all done man, got him started. Got... Stop, man. That man got hey, five arm barrels, man. Hey, I'll take that. Go ahead. You said $100? Hey, if I, if I give hey. you $100, do you pop out 1000 That's all I want. <laughs> that instant return? Jake, yeah, Bishop Jake's do. If I give him 500 I get 5000 so yeah, I'm just wondering, like, yeah. You know, hey, we can try it out, boy, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Oh man. So so you got me all off, man. You so funny, man. I love it. So um one th- another thing you said that I wanted to to talk about, uh the apologetic side. That's also because this this podcast came out of a, a discernment ministry page on Facebook called Be Not Deceived. And that's also an aspect. Um, and we, we were doing it, you know, when I, when I was an apostle, since you put it out there, we were doing it then, uh, and, and, and chasing conspiracies and all, all that whole thing was, was I needed biblical answers, but at the time I didn't know where to find them, you know? So I, I, I chased a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, and, and, and I remember, um, just recently, uh, I seen a, uh, a Muslim interviewing a charismatic guy you know asking him about biblical mm. you know questions and he he had all he had a couple of right answers he was unsure about the trinity thing but when it got too hot for him buddy started speaking in tongues and like oh god oh, done told god. me god god done told me that you're the devil and bubba i was like come on bro that muslim is laughing at him too he was like i, I what are you saying i don't understand <laughs> it was horrible oh so that's when uh, a possible, that's when you could have came in and started translating for him. You know what I'm saying? See, you know what? Where is the <laughs> end record button at? Where is that button? <laughs> I'm about to mute your uh, mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to being on that other side. Okay. Oh my yeah. goodness. Oh man. But okay, yeah, I, man. I, I'll take, I'll give you something to poke at me about my, I grew up, uh, my parents were both missionaries. We went to, um, Canada spent a lot of time there, but most of our time was in Mexico. I have pictures of me at the age of six and seven laying on hands of folks and preaching and speaking <laughs> in tongues and, and handing out handkerchiefs. <laughs> so I, I'll keep those reserved. You won't see them on Facebook, but you can call. You, you, you got a little something to poke at me about. But yeah, oh, okay. So I, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm going to need them in the inbox so I can put them in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> a little kid with an afro man i'm like what were they thinking oh man oh man that's funny go ahead rio man no nah, man you you said a lot man you said a lot man and i and i definitely can uh agree with you man on the jump like going from you know charismatic to reform is such an extreme jump yeah. you know i think i definitely think that you know as reform folks we need to be more gracious about you know bringing those people who are reform- who are charismatic into you know our world <clears throat> and yeah. uh man so so something that I was wanting to ask you is you know I, I remember earlier you talked about you know you have a heart for the black church, so yeah. you know being that you're reformed now how do you how do you personally take that reformed theology and you present it to the black church? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this is something that I struggle with a lot because I'm not actually in a black community right now, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and some I know it didn't I sound black like, when you said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Idaho, you know, Idaho. You know, Idaho they probably, they probably, <laughs> look, they probably don't have a, a Martin Luther King Street or a Malcolm X Street. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, that is hilarious. Like, that is so real. I didn't uh, think about that, but. Every time I'm, every, I travel a lot for work, and every time I go to a place, a larger city, there's always a Martin Luther King Street. But they don't have one. You know it. what? I'm 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 gonna get that established. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull that out. Okay. I'm gonna tell right, right, and be right, like, right. hey. All right. So, um, <laughs> but no. So you know that that's a since that's so dear to my heart. It, the challenge for my wife and I is to it, 
you know, we've talked about this a lot, is to not lose the influence that we still have in the community that we came from and to try and still speak to that community. And then I realized that if God, you know, what, one of the goals is I really want to finish up, um, you know, my pastor, and I probably end up going to Greyfriars here in Moscow. But my, my desire is Minneapolis and to see a black church plant in that community, um, a reformed church plant in that community, not a black church, but a reformed church plant in that community. It desperately needs it on the north side of Minneapolis. And um, so wow. part, of the, part of my reaction to reaching is whatever influence I can have through the podcast, of course, uh, whatever influence that I can have through the people that we still know in the community and the discipling there. But ultimately, my best form of effect is to raise a godly seed. So if I, if I want true reformation, wow. um, I'm going, and, and a guy's not giving me a church to do it, but he's giving me venues. Um, ultimately, what I need to do is to continue to raise children that love the Lord and want to see his name glorified in every area of this world. And so my biggest focus has been to pour myself um, into my children and, and to teach them how to be a godly man, teach them how to be godly women, and so that wherever they go, the influence of the gospel is, is with them. So um, if I can do that, then that's the most effective that I can be at seeing Reformation come to the black church. And ultimately, when I speak to the black church, I'm after something even more than that. I'm after the people. I'm after mm-hmm. the black culture. I'm after um, black folks, you know, I'm after my kinsmen, right? And so if I want to be effective in that atmosphere, the first thing I need to do is to raise up um, disciples. So that's, that's mm-hmm. where my heart has been placed at uh, in the active, most effective thing I could do first is that. Everything else kind of is parts of the branch, you know, of the tree. Um, so that's kind of how I'm approaching it at this point. So wherever I can have influence into ministers there in Minneapolis, which I do, who I talk to, who I engage with. There's a brother right now who's starting a church out there who I've made contact with, and he's on the south side of Minneapolis. Um, and so, and also still engaging with our, the family that we have that has a church there in Minneapolis, um, trying to, as best I can, disciple and, and, and to be biblical in, in many avenues as I can be. So that's my approach in general. Wow. That's dope, man. Um, yeah, and, and actually, man, six kids. You, your, your uh, congregation is already bigger than some that I heard. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I figure you know, got half a half a quiver here. I can do some dangerous things, you know. You know, um, one of the things that I love about uh, being out here, one thing I love about Nate's writing, is that you know, I think a lot of times for Christians, fleeing from danger is usually like kind of like our thing is like, let's get away from that. That's kind of dangerous. But I, I kind of mm-hmm. want to raise kids that run right into the middle of the storm and sling a rock at the devil's head. I want, I want to mm-hmm. raise those kind of kids that are fearless and feel like that if they give their life for something, that they're being like Christ. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. raise kids that are dangerous, you know? And so mm-hmm. right now in our society, the most dangerous thing that any man could do is to raise godly children. You know, that mm-hmm. is the thing that the enemy is attacking the most. The most dangerous thing mm-hmm. that a Christian man can do right now is to love his wife. Right? Like, wow. <laughs> you know? Amen. Like, everybody, Amen. You know, it's wow. easy to look at the general aspect and say, like, here's, here goes the dangerous things. But 
honestly, the things that God has commanded us to do, especially in our time, in our culture, when your vice president is getting thrown rocks at because he says he won't eat dinner with another woman except for his mm-hmm. wife is there, and that is looked at as being insulting, then guess where the battlefield is, Christian man? Yes, you know, holiness and, and righteousness in your wife and children. So I, I realize that's, that's where I can be most effective at right now. Yeah, until God that's dope. That's uh, good, brother. That's you. You're blessing yeah. our bones tonight, Praise brother, God. for sure. For sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Praise God. Good grief, man. So, um, there was a interview that I, 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 I just be honest on the air that I was a little jealous of. Uh, you guys had Vody on, and and I was a little jealous because <laughs> er, earlier that earlier earlier that week I saw him at at uh, G3, and you know before he went on where you guys were, and and I asked him about being on my podcast and you know it's like yeah i'm not really doing it like that so uh i, I can't lie i was hating a little bit so it, it, it's best it's best to put put it out there it's best to expose your sin you know confess them one to another you know i was coveting at the time so uh <laughs> dang but it but I'm anyway anyway <laughs> it's all good man it's all love i wouldn't have you up here if, if i was still beefing so anyway <laughs> just tell it all tell it all <laughs> Hey, I'm real, man. That's what they love. That's right. That's what they love about the bar, man. I'm real. I just, I put it out there, dog. You know what I'm saying? Because we real people. But anyway, that interview was awesome. Um, And you guys were were talking about, you know, yeah, you guys were talking about, you know, some of the political things that was going on. And, um, you know, I think the president had, you know, pretty much just got elected. And, you know, there was a certain, Mm. I guess, group that had their their statements about it and, and how it affected their quote unquote worship. Um, so my question is, didn't you have those groups on uh, your show? I'm pretty uh, sure you Oh my God, this guy, right. I love you, man. No, you know what? You are my brother. You are my brother. Where is, where is the Kevin Durant? Me? I need the, you the real MVP, man. You the best <laughs> guest I've had so far. No, oh no lie. Oh my God. No, you hear that? That's you're the real MVP, man. This man bro. literally all right. he keeps up with the show. I like that, man. That's fine. I love it, bro. Listen, oh, yeah. listen, listen. You, you, you the real MVP. So, well, since since you since you know that I had that group on my, real? on my podcast, right. <laughs> Let, right. let's we talk about that, man. It, do you see like we see a divide? in the African-American country, uh, uh, in African-American community when it comes to reform. And, and I mean, it, and it basically boils down to a worldview issue. Do you see that divide uh, is going on right now? And, and what's your thoughts about it? Oh, man, you just going to leave a general like that? Oh, man. Yes, uh, I am. Yes, oh, my yes I am. So when, let me let yeah, me I, I'll let you say to it. Let me try and put some. Uh, let me give. It, let me just put some bones and some flesh on this spirit you just drove out there. Um, so, so when you say, "Do I see the divide when it comes to um, uh, Christians and evangelicalism and, and, and racial issues?" Is that what you're talking about? Like, or do, do yes, I see the divide as far as um, you know? Can, this divide to me is far more. There's so many moving parts that I don't mm-hmm. even know which one to address first. Um, mm. I, okay, so th- remember on, on the show with Vody, we asked questions from both uh, Doug and Vody, like, hey, what's, you know, 
the black brother sin in this? And then where is mm-hmm. the white brother sin in this? You know? And I thought both of those answers were absolutely exceptional. Oh, um, yeah. But I think, um, man, where do I start? Um, when it start comes talking to, to find you. Yeah. <laughs> That gets you in trouble, brother. Proverbs. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to are we working? Is, is there a divide between reform theology and, and brothers and, and, and the reform? Let's just speak to the reform world. Because um, yes. I find, for whatever reason, I think with, when it comes to um, other not, not reformed but charismatic and um, even some Baptists and and other denominations, I don't think this exists the same way as it does in the reform world. And for whatever reason, I found you charismatic churches and those that are not Reformed Baptistic churches somehow seem to have more multicultural denominations than the Reformed circles. Um, mm-hmm. When I went to In Touch Ministries and I went to Charles Stanley's church, I, you, there is no way – I went there a couple times, actually – you wouldn't have ever been able to tell had you not saw Dr. Stanley get up on the pulpit. You couldn't tell if this was a black church or a white church. You just right. wouldn't have been able to tell. It was mm-hmm. that diverse. And Asians, Mexicans, blacks, whites, it was that diverse. Now, I will say it wasn't that diverse in the office, right? It wasn't right. that diverse right, in right, the right, elder right. team, right? <laughs> but the congregation right. itself was diverse. Right. And so um, and, and I realized I was confused by that. And then as I became Reformed Baptist still in Georgia, I went I found a Reformed Baptist church and I was like, you know, this is Georgia. This is black Mecca. There has to be a black Reformed church somewhere around here. Right. Like and I only found mm-hmm. two. I only found two truly black Reformed churches. And when I went there, it wasn't looking like Dr. Stanley's church. Right mm. now, somehow in Black Mecca, these people figured out how to have a white environment and a black environment right in the middle of Black Mecca between 285 <laughs> and um, and 85. You know what I mean? They figured it out. Mm-hmm. But when I went to the Reformed Black Church there, the only white family that was there was an associate pastor. You know, mm. and I, I and so it just kind of split. And then when I went to, I became Presbyterian while I was there. Um, but even when I went to reform white churches, it was completely white. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's something that happens in the reform circles that makes people not want that we just don't get along. And I don't, I don't really know ultimately what that is. And I think, though, that a lot of it is that because we're chasing so much of a pure form of biblical theology, what we end up doing without knowing is that we make our preferences biblical standard and we're not aware of it. So because Reformed theology seeks to be original and go back historically to what's authentic, what they end up doing not knowingly is making um, historical um, standards biblical standards. So mm-hmm. when they talk about worship, they talk about hymns, they, they trace mm-hmm. all that stuff back mm-hmm. to you know, the Reformation and then therefore that's the time. They can't even get out of that era. Of music, right? That's true. In the reform, <laughs> you know, that's and, true. And so uh, it's hard for them to even see past that. And a lot of that era is driven by European culture, you know. Right. And so they, mm-hmm. and they don't go back that's to real. the earlier parts of, of of the early church fathers when it wasn't European culture driven, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to forget that somehow. Everybody forgets about Augustine, you know, what I mean? <laughs> or Augustine, however you want. Oh to yeah. Say. 
you know, everybody uh, forgets it, about those influences, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they but, forget until they want to quote them. Right, exactly, until they need them, you know, like, like they do Calvin. Um, so uh, <laughs> there's, 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 a, there's, an in, there's an import of imperialism that I don't even think that they're conscious of when they talk about reformed theology. You know, when they talk about reform, mm. like, for instance, this, uh, the best way I can describe this is people who are psalm-only form of worshipers, mm-hmm. they tend mm-hmm. to say psalm-only, but well, to me what they really mean is our version of how we sing the psalms only, right? That's real. Mm, come on, Doc. <laughs> so if we said, hey, cool, I'm totally down with psalm only. Let's have Shailene leave us a hip-hop version of, of psalm one. Whoa, time out there, Negro. Time out. Time out. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, listen, listen, bro. Man, this is so fire. Oh my only, gosh. I didn't mean black psalm only. Okay, so oh, they kind of make this, and and then what they start doing is they start making an argument for a European style of psalm singing, and it's like, whoa, time out, bro. I don't think that's in scripture, mm. right? Like you can't argue a European form. Now you can argue for singing psalms only, and I might even say, okay, let's do that. But it's, but mm-hmm. don't try and put a preference on how we sing the Psalms. So if you say, argue for scripture, and then, and then let, let your preferences only be guarded by scripture. So if you do a Psalm sing only, but no one can sing together congregationally, well, then there's a problem with that, right? Mm-hmm. There's a problem with that. But if you're not arguing that way, and you are arguing for a representative congregational form of singing, because the way the people in Africa might sing Amazing Grace might be a little different than some of the people here in America. But it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're therefore not reformed or not reformed thinking about the way they do it because of their preferences. And so that's mm-hmm. what I think ultimately the rift in reformed um, black culture and, and white culture, ultimately we're fighting a preference war. And the side mm-hmm. that I think, then that's kind of the side of, of most white reformed areas is that imperialism that, that's kind of coming from that area. But black folks have a form of imperialism too, but we don't see it, mm-hmm. right? So we're actually saying, hey, why do I have to have your preferences? Um, but we're not saying, hey, let's blend preferences. What we're saying is you guys should have more of my preference, right? Mm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we, go to, we go to the other side and we do the same thing, but on the other side. And so that's why I kind of sit in the middle and say, guys, look, I'm, I'm totally for a multi-ethnic reformed environment, but it doesn't mean black reform environment, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so we, need to, we need to have where the blend is happening. The, we, need, this is the, this is the, we need the blend. It needs to be mm-hmm. both and, not yay right. and nay, yay or nay, you know? And so I think that part of the problem that happens with us black reform Christians is that we don't argue for the middle. We argue for our position and they're doing the same thing, but we don't see mm-hmm. that we're doing it. We, we think only they're doing it. And so when we want to come and import, we're, we're doing the same thing. But what we're not saying is guys, look, not only can we sing Psalms, but here's how we can sing Psalms. We're usually saying, nah, no Psalms. Right. Like, <laughs> yep. and, that, and, and I'm not arguing for Psalms. I'm making an example of that. Right. So, right, right, um, right. So th- that's just my, but I, I think that we need to be, if we want to win, and I think that in this case, I think um, if I could be so upfront to say this, I think that the reformed black brothers are seeing a real issue 
but I don't know if they're approaching it the proper way to win their brother. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And so because I, I think sometimes what they want to do is make their standard the standard versus moving and saying, oh, this is where Scripture says, let's blend it, right? Let's, let's let the preferences blend. Instead, I think that a lot of times we want to take and say, um, you've kicked us out for so long, you've moved us, now it's our turn to take over. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. You wow, know what I mean? So good. Um, so I, I can, that's a subject that's very dear to me because I, I'm living I'm living in a environment where my preferences aren't being upheld in the congregation, right? Mm-hmm. My personal preferences. Everything is exactly biblical. There's no point where I disagree biblically with my brothers, but I'm saying my personal preference for style of music and engagement is not represented at all any Sunday morning that I go to church, right? And yet and still, I fellowship there because it's biblical. Now, right. when, my, when the environment of my local church changes and begins to shift and the blend happens more because I'm making six babies every six years, um, <laughs> uh, then, and, and the congregation is not paying attention to what the shift is, and it's still looking the other way, even though the congregation has shifted, then there's a problem, right? right. Now we have a problem, you know. Now, now, now personal preference is driving the, uh, the, how we um, do worship instead of the congregation, uh, re- the reflection of the congregation driving how we do worship. So, so th- good. that's it. Yeah, I'll shut up now. <laughs> I was just wondering, are you guys, what kind of church? Are you uh, predominantly minorities at your church, or is, it a, or is it a mixed congregation? Or how do you guys fit in in your Reformed church that you go to? Well... Uh, I go to uh, I go to an all black church and uh, it, it's not reformed. <laughs> we got a we got a white family in the church. We do. Okay. I, lo- I love well, those guys. Did. Shout out to them right now. What's up, y'all? Hey. I just want to thank y'all for sticking around and sticking in and dealing with us. You know, right? <laughs> with the tardiness and uh, the late starts. <laughs> I'm sorry, we got chicken at every doggone. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Rio. Uh, um, well, I go. I I go to. I, I would say my church is mostly white. Um, there's a couple. There, it's actually becoming more and more multi-ethnic. But um, you know what I was what I was gonna say to you originally was that what I'm seeing is this tension of. You know, if you're reformed and you're black, you have to pick a side where yeah. you either have to you yeah. you have to you either have to pick the I'm gonna be reformed but I'm all I'm gonna preach on is social justice or it's either like, you know, the other side, you know, like I, that's kinda of what I'm seeing and it's and it's almost like if you're black and you're not and if and if you're not wearing a dashiki, it's like Okay, well, uh, you're not really you're not woke, you right? Know, like, right. Right. <laughs> I love that word. But yeah, that I mean, like, so I mean that that's the buzzword right now is just you know, yeah, yeah, being woke. You know, how 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 do you uh, feel about you know the the tension and the te- the you know this tension of having to pick a side and whatnot? Bro, I, I ain't gonna lie to you, that's real. And so what I've just figured out, I'm gonna do is just offend everybody. Um, I love it. You know, 
because what I because you're right, you know, whenever you feel like you got to pick a side, it's it's like then at that point, because it's not just the reformed black people telling you you got to pick a side. You got your reformed white brothers coming, you complaining like you automatically are on their side because you go to the church, right? And it's like, right. well, hold on now. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. I love you, bro, but you and I disagree on this one. Now, you know, just because I'm here, I've kind of learned how to not have my preference and still be in fellowship. But it doesn't mean that I don't see the other side. And so I find, you know, my whole life, because I grew up as a missionary, I wasn't steeped inside of black culture the way that I think a lot of other people, like my wife, she grew up in Alabama um, and the whole family was steeped directly in black culture. I kind of was traveling in and out of it and through it and all around it. So my perspective was is, is uh, I didn't really get stuck in, 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 in embracing black culture until I was about nine years old. So I had a chance to observe it before it attached itself to me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I, I tend to be able to have, you know, somewhat of a, a view where I don't feel like I have to be committed to um, one or the other. I kind of can feel like I can float somewhat in the middle and see kind of both in, you know. But I do feel the tension. I do feel the pressure to pick a side. And because of my heart's desire to reach out to um, black culture, I have to be super careful not to, mm-hmm. um, not to pick a side that would alienate them, right? At the same time, I know that where they're at, they need to move closer to me, right? So mm. this is, this is, that's a, it's a hard challenge because there's a lot of times where, you know, you find yourself uh, in between two people having a fight and you're trying to correct both of them at the same time. You know, um, mm. I remember when we were doing the, the panel with Vody Bauckham, one of the things we were talking about was, you know, uh, let's just, I, I'm just going to drop it. Jamar Tisby said he didn't feel comfortable at his church and he, when he went there after, you know, um, Donald Trump. And I was trying, the first thing I want to do is I want to completely understand what my brother's saying. Right. Right. Like, I, I don't want to straw man him. Right. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, my first goal was to try and communicate to everybody ultimately what he was saying. And, and I remember that that never went over well between either side. Like, I think mm. it was my pastor said, well, if you don't feel comfortable, find another church, right? Mm. And, <laughs> and, you know, I love my well. pastor, but I, 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 I feel like this. I don't, if, and this, again, this could be completely crazy, but if they didn't give the option in Ephesus to leave, I don't know why all of a sudden we get the option when our personal preferences aren't met that we can feel comfortable going to a whole different church. I don't right. understand why it's so easy to jump from church <laughs> to church. And ultimately what doesn't happen in that process is sanctification. Right. right. Wow. So if, if I can leave my environment my, to go my, to my. another environment, then there's nothing that ever gets solved from that. I'm just leaving for the sanctification of, uh, that God has meant for me here and running off and going to where I don't have to be sanctified in that area. Right? And so, you don't get the luxury just to up and leave. So that's my disagreement ultimately with my pastors. That, and I've stayed at churches that I've not been comfortable in because I don't get that luxury. God placed you here. Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth, pray, be, and get sanctified and fight. You know what I mean? So I say... Mm-hmm you know what, no, you don't get the chance to leave. What you do get the chance to do is that when the conversation comes up that you know you're going to inevitably have to deal with, be salt and light to that brother that is ignorant about the effects 
that are going to take place on you that they are celebrating, right? Mm-hmm. So if, 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 I'm with the, if I'm with the brother and I'm celebrating um, the fact that Donald Trump just won and I'm so happy, excuse me, and I'm so happy about that, um, and, and I'm sorry, and, and, and his responsibility is to then be salt and light to me and say, hey, bro, um, I, just so you know this, like, I just want to point out a few things that I think are kind of gospel issues that you might be overlooking when it comes to other people who are affected by this. Because if he doesn't do that, then guess what that person doesn't get? They don't get the sanctification that they need to love their neighbor. Right? Wow. So then you're, you're leaving them. You're doing the exact – if you want to create change, if you want to create a body that comes together, that loves each other, what you can't do is be so upset that you don't want to be around the people that need you there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the people good. that you, it's the very thing that drives us nuts that we don't want to have to deal with. Um, my mom always used to tell me, she's like, baby, when you get pulled over by the police, don't be the person that they think you are, mm. you know? And, and that advice has saved me so much trouble, but not just in dealing with the police, but and also in dealing with other people, you know, sometimes I need to be somebody different so they can understand, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, okay, I didn't think about that. Oh, that's because of being there in these white churches where my family is the minority amongst hundreds of white people, we've been able to do things in that church to help people's eyes be open about an issue or a conversation. And they get to tell us things that are absolutely ignorant and say, and that they would have told anybody else they would have been fighting. But we get to have that conversation <laughs> <Yep>. with them, <laughs> right? We get to have that conversation with them, and we get to say, hey, you know, actually, that's not the way to look at it, and here's why people have an issue with this. And, and, and if, that is, if that's what God has called us to do, then we should do that, not run from that. And sure, I know, I know it is overbearing, but if you are a Christian bearing your brother's sin, right? Bearing with one another is what you're called to do. This is what the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is for, right? Bearing with one another, you know, and, and so dealing with people who are ignorant about something is, it is what we're here to do as brothers and not to leave. So I don't, I don't think you get the option to check out, you know? Um, I think you have to go and engage and engage on both sides. People who want you to choose both sides say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, man, but I think there is an issue when it comes to conservatives and how they think about mm-hmm. um, this playing field. It's not the same. It's right. not equal. Because here's, here's what I say for, and I'll, I'll shut up, but I, here's what I say for my white <laughs> brothers uh, who, who always say 200 years of slavery, guys, isn't it enough? You know, um, haven't you guys gotten over it? You know, and I say, you know, 50 years of abortion in our country has built a certain type of person in our narrative. Everybody can admit mm-hmm. that, you know, and mm-hmm. just because one might change a law here or there doesn't mean that the culture itself has been changed. And so just, that's just 50 years of, of abortion, you know, right, let alone right, right. Wow. The, 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 the go, go back and talk about the issues that happened with um, uh, the civil war between the North and the South that, you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing, how long ago was that? And still, the South calls it the war of Northern aggression. And you want me mm. to just get over it because of 200 years is over and gone. Now when the South and the North still have an issue, 
and animosity is right. still there. And they weren't slaves. So if that has, if the Civil War still has bearings to where our culture is now, how much more than slavery? So we don't get to just right. brush it under the rug because of time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I've never, I mean, it may be because I don't travel or whatever, but I've never met anyone, uh, any, any white brother that didn't have empathy or wanted to say, hey, it, you know, let it go. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something I, I hadn't been exposed to. Uh, even being in the South, ironically, um, but I, I'm aware. I, well, then I, I won't tell you about my private conversations with Todd, dude. <laughs> 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 hey, we, just keep, we just keeping it real. We just keeping it real. Yeah, keeping that's it real. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, now, now I like, you know, um, our, our brother Virgil Walker, you know, he got his church. Yeah. Is white, and um, yeah, that's, he's, he's part of the team, man. You should know that, man. But anyway, um, he uh he does a lot of apologetics classes and he create an environment so that they can ask kind of those same questions, you know, the awkward questions that somebody else will be offended, you know, in or yeah. on. And he actually uh, video streamed me in one time and um and, and we had a conversation and, 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 you know, just creating that environment so that they could talk through it and get some understanding instead of just balling up and, and getting on, you know, yeah. getting mad and and all of that, man. And that's, that. you know, that, that don't, like I said, it don't create uh sanctification and there's no growth. It's just, you know, just abrupt or whatever. So uh, right here, we're going to take a quick break for one of our network sponsors right here. Hi, I'm Les. And I'm Tanner. And we're the hosts of the Reformed Pubcast. A weekly podcast where two friends get together and talk about the things that they love. It's like all those times you talked about theology over a pint of beer with your friends, but we're just dumb enough to record it. It's a theology of Calvin and the thirst of Luther. Join in on the conversation by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the Reformed Pubcast. All right, we're back, and we're here with my man, Chocolate Knotts. He has been blowing us away for the last hour. Uh, no homo. Ah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, we, we, we had a good time, man. Really enjoyed you, yeah. brother. And uh, on the back end, uh, we like to do what we call the bar signature questions. And uh, the first signature question is... Oh. What kind of music do you listen to? Nah, man, it's easy, oh. man. What what kind of music do you listen to? What's in your like? If we were to hook your phone up, what would be your playlist, man? Oh, I'm all over the place. Um, Good because of music. As a music producer, I'm listening to everything. Um, but I'm um, listening to what just came out, what's hot, what's not, what's flat. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all over the place. But if there's something I keep, I I, I like the old kind of gospel music that has bad theology (laughs) 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 you know because one of the things things that i miss about you know in the reform world for whatever reason there's just there seems to be somewhat of a lack of reverence to the sunday morning you know people come into church now and they just start talking i remember coming into church and getting on my knees and praying for Mm -hmm, the first mm -hmm. part of the service and so i don't know it's something about listening to old gospel music that reminds me about the reverence for the lord's day Right. Um, and the joy that's in that. So uh, yeah, I, I, I still play a lot of that stuff, man. And of course, I got to give a shout. Ivy Connerly, you know, mm-hmm. the unknown guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, my man, I rock with him. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, man. But um, I'm I'm all over the place, bro. Like if you plug it in, you probably hear the Walls Group pop up. Okay. Um, nice. Who else is? 
Yeah, it's, it's probably right now. It's the first thing on the list is the Walls Group. Gotcha. Good deal, man. Uh, uh, let's see. Next question. What podcast do you listen to or sermons? You know, I know you producer and, and you do podcasts yourself. You may not even listen to any because you got your own thing going on. But what what do you listen to podcasts or sermon wise? Um, you know, as far as podcasts, I kind of um, I I'm all over into I don't listen to a lot of Christian podcasts. Um, I check you guys out every now and then because you guys have some amazing guests on, man. Like you guys, I go through your yeah. list and I'm like, ha. Ah. I feel like the Joker in the the first Batman. How do they get these wonderful people? You know? <laughs> oh you know? man, praise God, you know, praise I mean, God, brother. So I, I got to give that. And that's 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 real talk right there too. But outside of that, you know, I'm listening to um, a, a lot of secular podcasts, new stuff. I'm always training myself to think about what we're doing. So mm-hmm. I'm listening to how people are doing. But I, ESPN podcast, man, all day. I'm, I'm I turn right. on in the morning. I listen to the craft that they're doing and how they're delivering it. And I think it's some of the most engaging radio you can listen to. And so I'm, I'm trying to develop my skills and develop my art better. So that's why I listen to those guys. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. I appreciate that. I'm going to start checking them out um, because that's one thing that, that I want to do is like I said, is, is, is you want to study your craft and, and, and listen to people that's been doing it, you know, for a minute. And, you know, Ty was definitely a big influence, you know, on the bar. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and um, and when it's funny when I met him, I actually pitched him the bar idea when I met him, and um, yeah. and he was like, "Oh man, that's great!" He was like, "I, cause I, you know, it was it was at a Presbyterian church. I was the only black guy there, me and my wife, and uh, <laughs> and he was like, "Man, that is awesome! You know, this is needed. You know, let me know. I love to be on the show. Blah blah blah. You know, so you know, he was a real push uh to make it happen, um, and and you know, like you said, he." As far as Christian radio goes, man, he's, you know, top dog to me. You know, there's there's a lot of good ones so out too. there, but yeah, yeah, not not too many people I, do it like him. Yeah, I gotta get my guys apology or man, those guys are quick come ups too. Yes. I think they're the new they're yes. the new hotness, you know, right now. Um, you know, Jeff Durbin, simply a great mind, brilliant dude too. So I really like those guys over there. I love what they're doing because I think they're doing something for I think more of my kind of sect. Uh, the post mm-hmm. sect. I think they've kind of done something and legitimized um, Christian theonomists and post-millennialists in a way that I don't think, you know, has been done up until now. So I love those guys. Right. Gotcha. Good deal, man. Good deal. Well, Rio, anything you want to say uh, before I give the floor back over to Mr. Knox? Man, this, this, man, this been off the hook, bro. Oh man, you guys, I've enjoyed <laughs> yeah. myself. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to get in so much trouble later for talking too much. I'm like, well, what did I say? Hey, bro, <laughs> bro, bro, send them my way, man. I'm a country boy, <laughs> six foot. I keep guns around me at all times. Holla at your boy. Now, you, <laughs> dig, you dig? You dig? I got five on. Okay, anyway, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> all right, brother. Well, uh, I'm going to turn the floor over to you, man. Any closing statements, anything you want to tell the listeners, any shout-outs, any upcoming events? I don't, this probably is going to drop next month, just to let you know before you tell something that's going to happen next week. But anyway, uh, go, I want you to you know, <laughs> tell them to reach their hand towards the podcast, and you're going to send them a blessing. And Go ahead. Do all that. <laughs> if you just go ahead right now and trust the Lord, uh, $3,000. <laughs> Where's my organ? Well, I got an organ on that. <laughs> 
no, no, no tambourine. I don't get a tam. Oh, no tambourine, nothing. <laughs> nah, man. What kind of podcast? That's your is show. <laughs> That's your show, brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I lost myself. I thought we was across politics for a minute. My fault. Uh, you know what? Hey, I just want to say that um, I- I'm happy to see podcasts like yours out there. Um, you guys, I mean, my heart is is really for. Um, in the same way Paul had his heart for the for his his brothers, his kinsmen. My heart is really for mm-hmm. my kinsmen too. And there was a um, a clip on Facebook that just pretty much brought me to tears, where these brothers in this classroom are talking about, you know, what is it that you want the pastors to talk about at church? I don't know if you guys saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, June three. That yeah, that's dropping three, tonight. That's right. Well, Whenever you oh, hear this, it? it's going to already be an archive. Yeah, I interviewed okay. her last week. Yeah, but go ahead. And uh, oh yeah, um, you got to tell me about that at the end of this. I want more about <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, so I'm I'm excited to see when I when I started when I became reformed. There's so much things that have happened uh, in the reform. This conversation wasn't happening in the reform world. The conversation of right. fellowship and why, why are things divided between us? There was a divided by faith, but it wasn't like in the reform world yet. Divided by faith kind of came out and sparked, and that guy's from Minnesota too, my hometown. Um, it sparked a little fire. But now the conversation is being had amongst the people who it needs to be had by, which is the, uh, the top shelf theologians. Um, and so I, I think we should be in prayer that it keeps happening because um, mm-hmm. we, need, we need this conversation to happen where the Bible is a central point of our arguing and that, and I think what we're looking at now is probably in, in the reformation time, people think the reformation ended and I don't think it has. I think right now we're in the middle of another reformation and what's happening is I think God is um, drawing together a group of people who um, have, I mean, it's, I think look at the black church in early 1900s, man, they were on fire. Charismatic church, they were on fire, but, and, and they were solid and something happened in there where biblical, biblical theology just kind of got flipped, you know, and got mm-hmm. curved with politics. And, and we, I think the black church and black people begin to get used by politicians to accomplish goals. And because of that, it's kind of, it's kind of run through the black community, both left and right, you know, conservative and liberals. And, and now, you know, we have a dead carcass of what used to be. And what we see happening now is Islam is, is begun to seep its way in and take care of and nurture um, a, a carcass that, you know, has kind of been dead. And so I, I'm happy to see this conversation happen again in the reform world. Um, and I think that podcasts like yours and, and others that are directly um, pointing to the black church and black culture, uh, I'm very happy to see grow and mature and have the guests that you guys have on. Steve Lawson, you know, um, uh, Phil, was it Phil Johnson too? I thought I saw Phil Johnson on there. Yeah, yeah, um, we have Phil. Because it wasn't, wasn't, I think it was, I think it said no doctor. So I didn't get a chance to listen to that one. But I mean, um, Tim Challers, I love that they're coming to, um, when I see you, the list of guests that you guys have on here, it thrills my heart because I know that those guys are going to come to a podcast that's quite unique too. You know what I mean? And there's, a, there's challenges mm-hmm. that they're going to have to deal with that they won't have to deal with anywhere else. And so right. um, I'm happy to see that. And, you know, I just want to see, I think we need to start planting more reform churches inside of, you know, black communities. I just, we just need to see it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. man, I um, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. That's, that's what we say. Amen, brother. Good deal. Well, bro, we have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed you today at the bar. Oh. This is definitely a treat. 
Uh, definitely me, well worth the the wait uh, and the, the, so the, the inboxes <laughs> and, and uh, the <laughs> inboxes <laughs> and the, <laughs> I couldn't let it slide, man. Couldn't let it slide. <laughs> but definitely well worth it, man. Uh, God's providence, of course, man. This is the perfect timing. Uh, at Rio, you know, we 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 uh we we kept him past his bedtime, but he's okay in the East Coast. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he started getting sluggish at the end, you know. So I had to, we had yeah. to keep him up. But, <laughs> but we, we definitely, we, yeah, yeah, we we definitely wanna wanna thank you for that, man. Um, uh, make sure you guys check us out on uh, Facebook. Just search Biblical and Reform on Twitter and Instagram, the Bar underscore Podcast, and also check out the website www.thebarpodcast.com sign up for the email list and yeah see if we get some some little goodies here and there uh appreciate you guys tuning in check y'all next tuesday god bless we out What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there